Freeman. We are together again here in beautiful Union Square. The city is looking beautiful. It is. It's next to a river. It's not the Rhine. No. I would not swim in either of the rivers we're bound by, personally. The East River or the Hudson. No. God, no. Don't don't get in those rivers. But I think you did take a little dipsy dip in the Rhiney Rhine. Oh, you know that I did, my man. You know that I did. And I hadn't done that in ooh, 15 years. Fucking awesome. A lot more people got into the Rhine this year. It was, it was hot. Like, it was hot. It was hot, but I feel like the fair was pushing. I'm not sure what it was. It was something in the air that like all sorts of people were jumping in that water. Good for them. It was great. Like across the value spectrum, uh, you know, like we got we had big people and little people all in the water uh, with your um, little bags. I can't remember the name. Little bags, yeah. I mean, I got to say, my FOMO was not mostly generated by river jumping. You would not have jumped in the river. No, Let's be it. honest. No, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I, I looked down on those river jumpers from the balcony at the Toiras with a mix of, of uh, disdain, but mostly just, just intrigue. Why would you do that? Why would you jump in this river? So refreshing. Oh, really great. You know what's refreshing? A fucking martini at the Toiras. That's refreshing. Different hours for different things. You, you know, sure. A martini is not a mid-afternoon drink, and it was hot. No, it's not. Um, and it was great bonding. Like you, t- like that was like a big thing. Have you jumped in the river yet? When are you going? Do you want to go later? My bubble like levels thing. are just decreasing. Well, your FOMO if all levels, y'all did was fucking talk about listen, a river. Your, your FOMO levels for Basel should be highly increased. Um, the scene in Latois was the perfect. So it used to be just the insiders, just the families, if you will, and a couple of hanger on or dealers that would be hanging out in uh, the 3K, as I like to call it. Um, mm-hmm. And then a couple of years ago, it started getting a little bit, um, a little bit too blunt, a little bemel, a little bemelman's doubt, shall we say? Like, right. A, like yeah. the, the, the young kids were there. It, it was, was the clerk. It was blown out. There was a bouncer. Um, this year, we found an equilibrium. It was just the right where it was like it was packed, but it was navigable, and it was all the right people. And you looked across this room, and you knew everyone. Great. You knew their backstory. You knew little intrigues between the different tables. Um, it was really good times. One of my most amusing moments is probably having, and I was there late. Like I really went. I went for it wow. by my my current standards. Um, was uh was Adam Lindemann shuffling in. Um, our good friend, um, Brendan from Karma, had locked down a fucking prime table. And uh, Adam was like, oh, what are you doing here? And Brendan's like, oh, how was your booth? I missed it. The joke being neither of those two gentlemen uh, were represented in the Art Basel Fair. Um, and like all the, like there was, you know, the great thing about Basel, as opposed to Miami or really any other fair city, there ain't nothing else to do but art. There's That's no true. there's no branded parties. I mean, sure, there's a Paratown party if you're super washed and desperate. You can that go to counts that. as a brand now. <laughs> it does count as a brand. Um, a story we don't need to get into because he really can't. <laughs> oh, God, no. I haven't cared about Paratown since 2008, bro. Um, but anyway, like so, everyone, like, you, there's no thing to go do. You're not like you're all at one of three. You're, you're either at Kronenhalle, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, at Kunsthalle Bar, yep. at the Three Kings, or at Friends Bar. Where yep. else are you gonna be? That's it. Um, there was a Tolga party. Tolga, I'm really sorry. I just couldn't get my shit together. I'm also sorry. Um, it was great. I'm still high from Europe. You know, wow. Ed was an extended trip, as we discussed. I, I wish I had stayed. Like, I think going to Chateau Lacoste and seeing Janguidi's show there looked great. Looked amazing and just super fun. Like, great reason to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going to um going to Greece and seeing Dacia's thing that looked you know the same as always, but fun. Looks um, super fun. I think they got a great crew there. I love going to Hydra. It's it's really chill. It's yeah, really I've, fun. I've never been for that. Oh, so it's, I, it's I really guess I wonderful. should check it out. You know, I was in Menorca last year, uh, post Basel. That was super fun. I really 
probably couldn't care any less about a Christina Quarles uh, show. Paella you know. looked dope though. Yeah, and there's like they they those people at the house and worth them them Swiss people know how to host a lot better than some of the Swiss people in Basel. I mm-hmm. might add. Um, I didn't even get mad at the Swiss this year though. I was thinking of that's like, insane. I know, right? Wow. I think part of it was like at the Three Kings. I we said I told you I told the story in the last pod. Like well, Dimitri, those guys are our friends. Well, now they are. Dimitri, like the head concierge. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to draw. I had to like burn through like five hats on the staff. At, at Understandably, the we did steal it. their logo. I just walked right up to that door any night. I <laughs> handshake and a whoosh past the crowd. Really felt like I owned the town. Um, yeah, maybe they'll throw in a room next year. Yeah, I think I think I'm angling for twenty thirty five with the hat game. I think I think I got okay. like one of those small singles in the attic sure. level. Oh, I think sure. they can hook yeah, me yeah. up. Um, we will pod from your hotel. But if you're listening, but, Three Kings folk. But, but definitely, you comp a room, we'll do anything. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, I'll sleep in the cigar bar. I don't care. Sure. <laughs> um, it's been done. It was a wild time. I'm not going to go into all the dinners and stuff. They were all the same, but great. It was just so great to see people. And there weren't a ton of Americans there, but all the American art dealers and advisors were there. And like just to hang out actually almost without the clients there, like doing business, like it was really valuable and interesting. It was like it was a fun time. It was a fun, fun time. I, had a good I missed time. out. Um, but I've been back now for almost a week. Yeah, half a week. I don't know. Um, Some of that. Not too much going on in New York right now. I think next week things will kick back into gear. I've bopped around. I've seen some people. I've seen some things. That's good. Business is still chugging along. Great. Think, you know, people don't want to go on holiday yet. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get some offers out, although I, I kind of joked around on the internet getting ready for this here podcast recording, so I definitely have some work to do. Um, last night, I went, uh, uh, I went to Midtown to see the premiere of a new episode of Art 21 oh, featuring fun. the Gorilla Girls, mm-hmm. Anika Yee. Great. Tauba Auerbach. Wow. Uh, and our friend Hank Willis Thomas. Um, oh, that's so cool. Who was there and gave his little introduction to his segment with his daughter in arms. Um, so that was a cool event. There was a bunch of people there. I hung out with Erica Samuels and Joey. Um, all sorts of people. People from the galleries, from the Paul Cooper Gallery, uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, representing for Tauba, some Go-Go, uh, some uh, Gladstone heads. <laughs> Almost said Go-Go heads there. <laughs> who knows? Anything could happen. Um what else? Yeah, so that was a good time. It was it was long. It was fun. Um, they had some snacks and nibbles, but I did not partake. Um, you know, it was the only kind of the the only sort of art thing I've done this week, I guess. There's a lot opening tomorrow. I'm very much looking forward to Frances Stark's show, her first show at uh, the Barbara Gladstone Gallery. Yeah, preview looks good. Preview mm-hmm. looks good. Um, a lot of reading. <laughs> yes, there's text involved with her work. A lot of reading. Um, you know, and you know, next week a lot going on. A lot of openings next week. Oh, you know, you know who is it? The, the Art Twenty One thing is Jasmine, uh, JTT Jasmine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess she's on the board of that uh, of Art Twenty One. I guess that's cool. Oh, that's marvelous. That's kind I, of a baller thing, right? It's a PBS show and whatnot. I did make it to uh, Jasmine's show last week with Lady in the Stroller. Uh, Nate Freeman, show. Happy Father's Day. Huh. How was your Benjamin? First happy Father's, Father's Day, Day to you. How was it? Oh, it was very chill. Um, we really just hung out at home all day. Um, we've been, you know, because we skipped Basel, there wasn't anything happening last week. We really just stayed in every night. Well, you hung out with some other guys that, I don't know, couldn't get their shit together to, to afford a plane ticket at Briefly, Sophie's. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, saw, I saw a photo tagged tagged uh, Three Kings, I believe. Yeah. Uh, there was some pool played. Sure, there's not much else to do in New York when all I noticed you didn't retweet or whatever it's called that photo into your own feed. <laughs> the my feed is is, is quite you know pristine. yeah well you know you're a Condé Nast employee and you know sure, um, but 
Well, what else is going on? I mean, you know, I I think that I'm. Just I, I had a, I had a birthday. I turned thirty eight. That's so true. That was what cool. did you do for your birthday? Uh, just chilled out downtown, walked around, shopped. You know, hit a Barry's, obviously. Great. Uh, my hundred and fiftieth uh, in the past eleven months, actually. I mean, not that I'm counting. You um, know what? Let's do a little clap a little Benjamin here. One hundred and fifty Barry sessions. Uh, and you know? then I um, That's something to clap about. And then had the had the babysitter bring the kids downtown. We hung out in the Tompkins Square Park playground, which is different than our usual playgrounds. And uh, saw some people from the art world. Saw Leo Fitzpatrick was there, uh, gallery owner himself with his uh, kid or kids. I'm not sure. I didn't want to get too involved. Uh, and then popped across the street because I really wanted to go to Superiority Burger with my entire family. Because I didn't want something fancy. I want something easy. Mm-hmm. You know, lined up at like five or whatever, got right in. They hooked us up with a booth, ran the menu, top to bottom. Wow. Including all the desserts. Oh all, all, all the savories and all the desserts. That's I mean, incredible. Didn't the drinks. Uh, um, any new favorites? I mean, the desserts were banging. Uh, it was all pretty much. I I tried like a sandwich I hadn't had, which had like some sort of tuber that's meat like. It was okay. Oh, is that the new creation with Yuba? Yeah, with it's Yuba. A, it was good. It was good, but I still for me the the collard greens on the focaccia is yeah. still the standout winner. And I hadn't tried the sloppy whatever they call it, the sloppy, sloppy Joe Dave. analog sloppy Dave. Yeah, uh, I thought my son would be into that. He was like, "Man, it's okay." He's like, "That's tofu. That's not meat." Um, smart kid. Obviously. I, I really need to get over there. I haven't been. Uh, I still haven't been. Yeah, um, it, was, it was it was a good time. It was a good time. It was a quick meal. Like it's perfect for like a, f- a family of four. Like you know, with small like a children. Great birthday. Uh, it was perfect, man. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's been some things happening in culture. There was a, a fashion, like the world of fashion marches on. There was a fashion show in yeah. Paris last night. Speaking of Paratan, Paratan artist Pharrell Williams. Represented by Paratan, I think. Is that true? Yeah. I, I mean, believe it. I mean, that's I mean, the kind yeah, of cheese like, level that that brand has. Uh, uh, and, made, <laughs> meaning, meaning the clothing brand and Paratan. Right. He made his debut as a as the uh, menswear designer for Louis Vuitton, um, and they closed down the Pont Neuf in Paris, right next to the LVMH headquarters. All the LVMH children were cloud chasing. Uh, it seemed like it was a big to do. Yeah, it's kind of gross, man. I don't know. Well, and I'm not talking about the clothes here. The clothes are apparently, I'm no expert, but the experts say that it was a great show. Um, Okay, sure. They say that clothes were fantastic for Oz Vision, all of that. Jay-Z performed. Uh, Jay-Z seemingly on the payroll of LVMH. He performed at the Louis Vuitton. I mean, doesn't this all feel kind of tired and old? Like... Jay-Z performing at a fashion show. Like, it feels very, like, 2016, 17 to me uh sure yeah i guess so but you know this is also the culture you know they could have like found some rando designer dude so the culture is like washed middle-aged people like kind of recycling culture i mean like pharrell has made some fucking slappers over the years like like you know i think you have probably been in the club like losing it to a few pharrell tracks over the year benjamin over the years but that doesn't mean it's what's happening now it feels so uh detached from like actual concerns of the world to me i don't mean like political concerns i mean cultural concerns i mean like what's going on on the bleeding edge well he did have henry taylor come in and 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 you know design some embroideries for the clothes which sure, i sure but also doesn't that feel culture. a few years ago like artists like doing stuff like that does and I, you obviously i love henry and i would cop one if i could which i can't but like I, if you see some dude walking with that down the street like nine times out of ten it's gonna be some fucking loser right now right like someone who's really into playing poker I don't know. I mean, like, I think it's hard to to cop those, like, you know, the real grails, like, you know, and you have to be like a very high volume client of Louis Vuitton. It's like the son of some Malaysian dictator. (laughs) And that's lame. 
<laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, like, probably, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. But for, for spectacle, it seemed to work, you know? Yeah, sure. It was all, it was all over the feed. Um, I just, you know, and I don't want to get in a fist fight with the kid, and I'm, I'm sure wish I could get invited to parties that uh, he controls the guest list have, but it seems to me like Alexander Arnaud is a huge fucking loser. <laughs> like, the, those terrible Nike shoes with the with the, with the the Tiffany blue, like that whole monstrosity of a headquarters with the bad Peter Marino design, where all the fixtures are, like, all funky and off-kilter. Like, it feels like the idea of what he thinks is cool is so retrograde, and, like, maybe he can sell it to other children of oligarchs, and, like, that's a fine financial like that that's a win but like even the architect it just feels feels like loserville to me man don't well, feel cool it doesn't feel aspirational sure maybe from afar i just want to say that you know if our mutual friend alex israel whose shirt you're wearing right now true story were to put us all in a room together i bet we get along with him I bet we would. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll lick the taint of fucking the money class all day long. It's kind of in the job description, so yeah, we would get along. But I'm just saying, as an as an unbiased, trying to be an unbiased observer for the people, it seems illusory lame to me. Well, I think that you know we're gonna have to let it let it be seen, like okay, whether okay. the next generation of our nose really stepping you know, up. I to mean, Papa, if we can brag again about the workout regime uh, and just you know kind of take a little yes, detour. Yes. So when I got this shirt, I left uh, Eleanor Carey's house very late at the party for this show as it lays, mm-hmm. which a client now owns the major installation from. I think we'll be seeing that publicly debut outside of New York uh, this fall. But anyway, uh, and they Ooh, were out. I want to hear more. They're basically that, out of the mm-hmm. gift bags, and so I had to grab one that had a small in it. And the small didn't fit me. It was too big for my kids, too small for me. just kind of languished in my drawers. Like a month or two ago, I threw it on. I was like, oh, shit. This shit fits me perfectly. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's anyway, great to hear. Anyway. I was at that dinner with you, actually. Um, and I also got a shirt that fits me great. So I wear it all the time. It's a great shirt. I love, yeah. a, lo- love a long sleeve shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Alexander, nothing personal. I'm just going by what I see on the gram. Reach out if you want to hang out. And Obviously, we can, we can squash hang. this. You can come beef. to the pod whenever you want, man. And squash this beef. Um, oh. It's just like it's like you and even like you go to the LVMH versus the Pinot collection in Paris. It's like a different. And I had an amazing, amazing private view of the LVMH, and it's an amazing building. But like even that doesn't feel as cool as like the Boast to Commerce with like the architects he's working with, like Frank Gehry versus Tato Ando. Like one feels like the culture looking forward and one feels like culture looking backward to me. They have different approaches. You know, they're very different guys. They're very different businessmen. They're very different art collectors. Um, And I think that you have to sort of do you think we could get them both on the pod together? I think we probably could. Okay. Yeah, that's right. probably like really. Anyway, you were yeah, saying you, yeah. it seemed like you actually had a good point. I'm sorry. No, I just I just think that their styles are different, and I think that that's reflecting their collection. Look, the Louis Vuitton Foundation puts on amazing shows. Uh, they're not all collection shows. They take yeah. a lot of loans, which are like really impressively. Obtained. No, it's more, it's more like a museum show right, in that exactly. way. No, this wasn't about the art. It's just I just I just been there recently. It stood out to me. Um, it was weird not to be in Paris without you because you're such a Parisian dude. I know. I'm already starting to plan the. Uh, Paris Plou trip because I'm not going to miss that and I'm already getting a little tingly. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't make the real fair. You can go to the kind of, you know, French approximation of it. Okay, all right. Look, we love Paris. That Paris is going to be fun as fuck. Do you have your hotel book, man, Freeman? Jesus Christ. It's like fucking June, man. I'll get on it. I'll I'll get on it. You heard it here first. Nate Freeman is on it. Um, what else is happening in the news of art? I mean, I, 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 we, we went back and forth that it seems as though um, in a really shady seeming um, uh, uh, insurance uh, case. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is wild. That, do you want to do you want to 
Sorry, I'm just getting distracted here. Do you want to go back and forth with this about? I can't find it. You're the journalist. Oh, it's it, that's what it is. It's Ron Perlman who's uh, who's suing his insurance company or being sued by them, uh, saying that a bunch of his art was damaged by smoke and whatnot in a fire that it became molecularly unstable, even if though it appears the same to the naked eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's he's he is somehow or his insurance companies are forcing poor. Ken Griffin to come and sit for a deposition in person. Wow, you think he'll he'll do it? He's gonna have to, right? He has to. Yeah, but he's like, I really don't want to do it. He's like, can I just zoom this? Can I just zoom this guy? <laughs> like, you know, I'm in Miami and I'm schwitzing, and like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go outside. Um, <laughs> Where would he he'd have to come to New York for it? I guess so. I you know, I, I read the article. Who knows? It's it's a very complicated but not insurance case. Basically, Ron Perman ran out of cash and he's trying to get his insurance company to cover his ass. I mean, like, he's been selling off shit for years now because he just ran out of cash. And, you know, uh, this is just an extension of that, I guess. You know, I have, I have nothing intelligent to add to this, actually. I'm not sure why I brought it up. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, you know, something else I noticed on the on the intranets, on the, the Instagram uh, that the kids are using, is a friend of the pod, even though she doesn't reply to texts from either of us, uh, Jamie and Julian Villani, has seemingly been like working furiously and like searching for people to cart paintings uh, to get them stretched and cart mm-hmm. them to somewhere unnamed on Madison Avenue. Do we know if she has a show coming up at the Gagosian there? Great question. Because it's interesting to me that she has now appeared in two art fair booths that I know of, uh, or fair previews. Uh, of the Gagosian Gallery, but there hasn't been any big announcement that she's represented by the gallery in any way that I know of. No, there has not been an announcement. There's just been some prominent placement in fair booths of new work, uh, which would, you know, maybe cause one to think the representation is on the way, but there's been no announcement. Well, I know that she's being represented. Like, I know that, but there's been no announcement. No, there's been no announcement. I mean, I can't say that, like, you know, as a, you know, I can't testify right. to yes. it, but I know it. No, I, I know it as well, but there has been no announcement. Um... There is right now a show at 980 Madison that goes until July 14th, um, but there is also another space on Madison Avenue. It could be in the bookstore downstairs, exactly. right? Yeah. I think that's where you'd probably premiere mm-hmm. that, if not over on Park Avenue. Right. Um, yeah, there's also the park space. Um, I don't, which, it's just curious to me. I'm just putting, you know, I'm just, I'm connecting the dots, as they say. The the bookstore space also closes their Donald Judd show in mid-July, Park in 75, has oh the Chris Burton show ends in a few days. Guys, you're watching journalism. You're listening to journalism happen live I don't know. in there, your there's your... Been no announcement for a show on Park Avenue coming up. Unless... I'm just I'm just interested to know because it seems like there's something yeah. cooking there. It's also but it's also weird from a PR perspective. They didn't make a big push with her, especially kind of drafting off the reopening of O'Flaherty's and whatnot. It feels like there was like a nice moment in the zeitgeist to really pivot to her being represented now by a major gallery, you know, almost a year and a half after right. announcing her leaving JTT. Why don't we offer Jamie in like a sort of 20-minute slot on next week's pod just to, you know, clear things up? Yeah, you try texting her and see if sure. she gets back to you. Yeah, totally. She won't even come to a dinner, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's it. We've got a great guest on the pod this week. We do. We have the uh, the insane artist, Darren Bader. Wow. I mean, I... Very much looking forward to this. Is it, can I call him insane? I don't mean insane, like actually insane, but I mean like his ideas are so beyond reason and at times understanding or linear thought mm-hmm. that he's a little bit crazy in the best of possible ways. Exactly. We're going to go through uh, a recent announcement that he is selling off his practice, whatever that means. I think someone else can be the artist Darren Bader if they pay the amount. I have that no fucking idea what it means, but we're going to find we're out. That's why we want to sit down with him. Darren's one of the most fun guys to talk to in the art world. 
this is going to be a, a pure pleasure. So please stick around. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Coming up right after, after this. this. Welcome back. Welcome back. We Welcome are back. back to Nota Bene. We are so pleased, honored, really. We have a very rare occurrence. We have asked an artist to come and join Nate and I. One um, of my favorite artists. So we have to, is one of my favorite artists as well. So we kind of have to up our game and be a bit more serious uh, because I think you know, it's important we treat an artist's practice with some uh, degree of care and respect. So we're going we're gonna to do our best. We have Darren Vader on the podcast. Welcome, Darren. Hi, Hi Darren Vader. I'm, I'm happy to be here and you shouldn't be too precious. I'm intimidated. Artist practice. You're like a big deal, like profiles in the New York Times and stuff. Well, yeah. All, I, mean, yeah I mean, Darren's a real real serious artist, but we'll get into all that. Nate writes for Vanity Fair. I do, yeah. That's true. And I've known both of you a long time. Darren, I've known you 15, 15 years, yeah. I would say, at least. Where, when did you guys met, meet? Do you guys remember? Probably through Joel. Through Joel, I think. I mean, I have one clear memory of an evening on the Lower East Side where like, we more bonded. Um, so I might have met it's you pro- in It's passing. probably like Joel and Ara Diamond. Ara He's Diamond. No longer, no longer with us. Uh, yeah, it was probably there. Yeah. And then when we, you, you were at the new museum when I was working for Ours. Yep. And so I definitely saw you in the back rooms there. Yeah, that would, that would uh, be true. That was 20, 2009. Yeah, I think it was probably Joel or maybe. Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. I just have this memory of there's this, uh, this, this old Italian collector, Massimo Lauro, I knew. Uh-huh. And mm. uh, who actually used to own the bread house. Yeah. And, uh, exactly. That's why I know that. Um, and he he I just met him through Stefania Bortolami and he had asked for a tour of that show. He's a big fan. I remember showing him the hole in the wall and the tongue popped out and he jumped back. I never heard someone say Mamma Mia, but like not as not in not in quotes of irony, but in like a genuine Mamma Mia. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Wow. And for me, that's like I really like hers. We don't need to get into hers, but like that like that moment summed up what hers practice like is about and why I find it interesting. Uh-huh. Anyway. I wish her there. Oh, oh amazing. Absolutely. He walks that perfect fine line yeah. between high and low without attempt, you know, there's no effort to. He, be- he's not underlining the line. It's no, just there. It's, it's just and there. It's, exactly. not, he's not highlighting. He's not making why a big he's deal. So, uh, appealing. Yeah. So you were running Orza's studio at the time? Yes. I remember, I think around the time reading a New Yorker profile of Orza. That's correct. That you are, are very, prominently featured very in. Very contemporaneous. I was not prominently featured in it, but that's correct. <laughs> But they, your, they, your name they, was in the press. They, yeah, yeah. And I would drive the car, the studio car. There were two of us who would drive it. Uh, and I think I had to shuttle um, Tad, Tad Tompkins, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dodie, his wife, uh, to a couple places. So it was, you know. That must have been fun. I mean, like, I've hung out with Tad and Dodie a few times. I mean, they're, they're, they're you know, the lifeblood of arts journalism, you know? Yeah, I mean, thank goodness. I mean, amazing. He's still around. And, I know. And have they started with putting him. both of their names in the byline yet? Or is it still That's, just no, him? No, but their practice is, you know, like, they each write, but they're both there for all the reporting, and they both contribute, but they have separate bylines. They, they do share an email address, though. That's, oh, that's cute. I like yeah. that. I like a shared email address between mm-hmm. couples. I'm not going to dox them and say it on here, but... You'll give it to me offline? Yeah, sure. I need some tickets to the opera. What can I say, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway... Darren, it's yes. so good that you came on at this particular moment in your career. Very, very happy to be here. Why, First day of why, summer, too. Why, yeah. why, did you, why, why do you call yourself an artist? Why, why do you feel like you want to make art? That's a, God, that is really at the, the core of Yeah, but like, I mean, why, why not get right to it? Yeah. Tor- self-torture, um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, imposter syndrome. Why? I think I know why. It was just this, 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 I was overcome with this feeling of... The, the challenge of it, I guess I was probably 18 or nine, uh, 19 or 20, uh, kind of immersed in old master paintings, art history, and became 
uh, I, was, I was primarily a, a film student. And I was kind of stumbled into experimental film, like working with a language prior to really studying anything that preceded it, you know, the entire experimental canon. So does this, this, you know, this, 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 uh, you know, like all these words, the ambiguous, the enigmatic, the innuminous, the, the mystical, the capillar romantic, it just, it just spoke to my, my core, my tissue. I mean, it's like almost a religious. Of, absolutely, without a doubt. And I was a terribly over-serious person at some point during that early period. Uh, I fell in love with for the first time, so I couldn't be anything but awfully serious. And um, even so, yeah, then I regained my humor. And uh, yeah, you know, humor mixed with this, you know, this extreme, almost like lugubrious kind of uh, commitment to this uh, intangible impossible ideal so i'm really for all for all the kind of the 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 seemingly lax and and offhand qualities in my work it is a commitment to looking for meaning against all odds and often failing yeah i mean i think failure and in tandem with reaching for the impossible setting yourself impossible goals through the instruction based like tenor of your artwork like those two things Mm -hmm. but it's like a utopian thing it's like it's like wanting to communicate with god wanting to prove something but because your third dimension and something like that is fourth dimension like there's no way to actually do it like only by looking through a straw at the sky can you see a piece of god kind of thing um but Mm -hmm. but for artwork standing in for god or for kind of touching the universal or touching the infinite um just so this isn't so esoteric i want to talk about one specific artwork of yours for like two minutes just so people get a sense of what your practice is this doesn't describe the breadth of it but it's a piece that stands out in my mind and i think certainly touches on a number of themes that course throughout your practice it was in i think it was your first sadie cole show the first sadie coles i saw back in that tiny little space in mm-hmm. the views right 2012 carriage house 2012 yeah. um and it was um a burrito, I believe, that had been in... No, it was some sort of food item that had been injected with heroin. Lasagna. 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 Yeah, that's yes. what, the, the burritos and the lasagna are like the ones that I can't yeah. live down. Okay. But um, yes, the lasagna so was des- on heroin. Describe the artwork for us, and then we can talk about it for just two seconds. Okay, so it's this, uh, you know, what would you call it? A piece of lasagna, I suppose, like one of those, you know, square. Yeah, slice mm-hmm. of lasagna. Yeah, uh, just sitting on a... A table, a veneered, yellow veneered table that the gallery happened to have uh, adjacent to a, a viola, an instrument I'm very fond of and used as a, uh, for lack of a better term, ready-made. The lasagna was next to it, and the piece was primary. you know, it, it, its genesis was verbal, and the language was lasagna on heroin, and very simple idea to materialize it. You buy some lasagna, you cook up some heroin, and you inject the lasagna. I mean, I suppose you could have powdered powdered it, but right. it just, you know, obviously. And, you know, let's say that happened. I mean, it did, but that's all that happened. Yeah, but the, the fact that it happened or not is almost beside the point, but it's also very important to it. For me, it was critical because yeah. that's just like, there's only, you know, like, this is dancing and I'm, off, I'm kind of being stuck at home all the time with these little kids. You know, I, I'm remembering what, how perfect it is to really just rely on ideas rather than trying to materialize them find material forms and um you know states and uh uh you know uh settings for them but you know even as language as you were alluding to can't just it's so it almost always fails somehow lasagna on heroin doesn't fail no i don't know why it's so 
like limpid. I don't get it. It makes sense from the from the you know the inception of that I you know conception inside whatever done and it's and, and it's, it's and iconic it's, i still remember iconic, it. i still right? remember it now and i think a lot of people that are in our world like know that piece for whatever and i don't yeah. think it's i think it has a little bit to do with the illicit nature but i don't think that's totally it i think it's something about the wordplay about just yeah, sticks I mean, in the head and the, a, like, for some reason lasagna is fu- funny to people funny, at least to our generation Garfield, lasagna, it's, 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 i don't like know why this, it's funny where did you i mean almost uh, heroin's easy to get in london where did you get a slice of lasagna marks and spencer the food court oh, that's an expensive piece of lasagna uh yeah only uh like less than 10 minutes Walk away. Yeah, and we had to replace with lasagna uh, at least once. Mm-hmm. Um, did that did that piece find a home with a collection? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and how was that transferred? Is it a written instruction? Yeah, it's a COA. I, I make you know COAs, and you know they look distinct, and I sign them with my you know my I mean actual you know pr- proof of proof of organism or proof of identity. And yeah, I mean the instructions. Hopefully set the parameters that I feel the work can survive and thrive on. But, you know, you look back at some of the language, you're like, well, I somehow, how did I miss the, you know, the double entendre there or the ambiguous meaning there? And I can see this being read three ways when I deliberately meant it as one. And of course, that's all part of the process. Well, I mean, there's a long history of instruction-based or contract-based oh, artwork yeah. going oh. back to like the 1960s conceptualism, someone like Tino Segal, where it's an ephemeral right. artwork that doesn't even exist as a written uh, contract, yeah. but just as a as an oral agreement. Um, so that makes sense. And I, you, so that's a project that's been realized. Now, I know there are a couple of projects that I know about that to my knowledge, have never been realized, but exist in the same format. Something like sending a dead cow into space for a certain amount of time. Oh, the elephant. Right? Well, no, yeah. So that elephant, was like, excuse me. Excuse yeah, me. sorry. Oh, you know, they're large mammals. Just one a bit larger um, <laughs> and more intelligent. I want to hear more about that. Oh no, no, no. It's just like I did this large. You know, in searching for my my, my primary interest has been if if I had to choose a medium within the fine arts, it would be sculpture, not because I have any skill set, you know, or manual kind of gifts. I think it's just, it, I've always been fascinated with space. And of course, sculpture is nothing if not spatial, you know, considering form and space. So one of my tasks I gave myself was outer space sculpture. So uh, one of those was a dead elephant. But it, I, I uh, they, they're all brought together under the, the, Aegis or auspices or whatever the right word is of this video I made uh, called The Vagrant, which is this fictional piece about uh, the, feature, or the feature of outer space sculpture that, that I think spans like three, four hundred years. I can't remember. But the elephant was launched into space in like 2032 or something. But yeah, again, like it's another, it's, it's vast. And what things that would make would have absolutely no cultural value, there would be, there would be no, n- nothing artful or artful and meaningful way to me here in the terrestrial realm you know as soon as you shoot them off into the void they take on a totally different uh it, it's it's odd it's just you know it's just the how how petty seemingly pet petty fickle the human mind is when you uh yeah yeah no i get it i get it um because it's something for me that's so like wonderfully 
free and expensive about your project project because everything can fall under the auspices when you write a press release for an art show mm-hmm. that's not that's not your art show that you know I know you've done for Joel a number of times for group exhibitions something like that or just kind of the whole world becomes open to you and the possibilities of us as humans moving through the world and more more than just the terrestrial world even the extraterrestrial world like the world of our mind because a lot of these projects exist like that lasagna piece for me, is as meaningful the idea of it and talking about it in a way than the actual piece of lasagna on the yellow table next to the viola, mm-hmm. right? Because it kind of sits there and it, it operates in our brain space in a different way. I yeah. think I really like that about your work. Well, I mean, you mentioned uh, briefly, I think the, the sculpture is called Chicken Burrito Beef Burrito, which is at PS1. And that work, when I saw it, you know, it has lived on in my mind since I've seen it, you know, as this sort of like gorgeous kind of like image just to have the, the burritos on the windows windowsill and like how do the works operate in a conceptual space in the mind of the viewer i know all artwork does exist in the mind of the viewer but is there some kind of other dimension that your work takes on you would you think does that make sense i mean it sure makes sense i just don't think it's impossible to say uh, to to uh, you know uh, assert or uh, deny it's just it's just this thing it's just this art thing and sure okay i was given you know a very s- short period of time to make that show mm-hmm. we had this last room to deal with and peter ely the curator and i you know you know we were just like bouncing ideas you know like i like i had this new idea i like it you know chicken burrito semicolon beef burrito all lowercase and there's this audio track and he's like I think you got it there. I'm like, oh, okay. We've got to open in like two days anyhow. It's fantastic. But it, it really was that winter like coming through the old school. Yeah, it's good. Exactly. I mean, again, and that's it. 2012, that seems to be like, you know, the year I can't live down. Food and animals <laughs> and drugs. and and uh, But that's fine. That's all good. 11 years later, you know. You're still here. When was your first... Excuse me. When was your first commercial art show, like in a gallery? Two thousand four, uh, Rivington Arms. You know, oh, the, oh the, wow! Uh, OG, old, old, old LES stronghold. Um, yeah, summer of two thousand four. Wow, heady time. And you've been consistently, pretty consistently showing since that. So, yeah, it, 20, I mean, like, twenty yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, twenty years. Two thousand four, two thousand seven, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Then it became like yeah, from two thousand nine. I think it was at least once a year. So I've been very, very lucky, especially given the horseshit I, uh, you know, I... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, I, uh, it's not commercially... Purvey. It's not commercially, I mean, in case you aren't picking this up in the conversation, it's not really commercially easy work to circulate in the present economy. Mm. No, no, no. I mean, again, like, and, and that's, I think, I remain so naive in that, you know, I think putting this, this spiritual premium on, like, on ideas and you know the poetry that 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 uh, you know is part and parcel with many elements of art you know painting being painting of course so it's hard to say okay uh it, it's impossible to separate painting from art because they're almost you know uh synonymous they're, they're nearly they're near it's just you know they're, they're inextric- inextricable but when it comes to yeah i, I forgot what, what we were even talking about ideas how do you make money with this stuff? Oh, how do I have? I guess I got lucky. I guess I have good dealers. Yeah. yeah. Um, how do I make money? And and for me, it's always like it's, it's clear. I mean, why would you make? Why would you not buy this? I don't think it's superior or anything, but sure. I mean, it's like here is an edition photograph, or um, here is a ceramic work, and 
if you believe in something, you buy it. Mm-hmm. Of course, whether you have, I mean, if you have the means, of course. So how do I still work? I guess I have dealers who, who are good at their job. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I've I've acquired works, a couple of works on behalf of clients. So like, I get it, I but I, I'm just wondering how much. it's able to survive in our present climate where like paintings are really easy. People are like, oh, I see that. That's a painting. I want it. Well, I, I mean, I think that your, your practice is constantly evolving. You know, I mean, there was that moment where you sort of were pretty early in um, using Instagram as a sort of medium, you know, and, you know, and then you sort of... How so? I don't... Well, you sold your Instagram. Oh, right, right. So, I mean, like, I was late to Instagram. You know, I was probably five years late because I also, you know, image and text and it's always this, that's the tension I always kind of... Uh... That's my obsession, how to reconcile image and text. Good fucking luck. No way in hell are you going to do that. But that, you know, I, I am relentless, uh, obstinate. Regardless, uh, Instagram. So, yeah, for this show in Naples, a uh, museum show at the Madre there, um, Andrea Villani was the director then. Lovely, very, very, very good art thinker. Um, I think he's maybe in, in Rome in like National Archive or something. No, I don't know. In any case, the, the Instagram account was for the show. I was interacting with the collection in a way, like creating f- fake names for artists in the collection and then adding my own work and artists whom I knew and putting their real names in. And so kind of, conf- you know, confusing expectations. So the Instagram was meant to kind of be about image first, always about image first, and which is all I'm really about. What you see... It's funny that I've taken up conceptual art and relied so much on, on, yeah. no, 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 quite, quite that I've had to rely so much on the verb because mm. the image is impossible in a way. There goes the impossible. So I've had to try. To, I've tried to maintain it with words, but Instagram was meant to just be image, image, image. Take it what take it as as you'd like. Art is always about what you see first. You know, however you're using the word art, visual art. If you walk into a gallery, it's what you see or you don't see. Therefore, the primacy of the image. And so this this Instagram account was launched the uh, during the the evening of the opening of the show, and then terminated, uh, or the product terminated itself on April second, of the when the show ended. And I said, this is, account is for sale. Uh-huh. I don't think it's a major gesture. It was just like I thought it was great. It was fun, and, I, and, I'm, and the guy who's taken over, who took over, he's doing a. <laughs> bang up job I don't think I think at least half of the people who follow have no clue no idea that it was I mean, a project it's like whoa I, I would never make that work but hey good good on him <laughs> good on him he's doing a great job I mean really you could like you when you when you look for those collectors who actually want to engage with the work instead of like oh I own a COA some, I didn't know that and they're, they're like you know I've had to like shut down an auction recently where's the COA we don't have a COA. Then you don't that's, have an art. Kind of, you don't have the artwork. That's kind of the whole thing. Sorry. Um, and uh, uh, I'd love to name drop here, but um, in any case, yeah. It, it, then then this guy is just you know the collector you want who actually lives with the work. It's mm-hmm. so cool. Um, it's interesting to think about images because like your work. You can photograph a lot of them because the result are objects, right, in some way. But that also isn't the work. It's unrepresentable with just an image alone, right? Yeah, which I mean, is complicated. Guess, yeah, it's like the medium is kind I, of the exhibition space. Not and, to harp on it, but just because we've used it as an example, I think it's clearer to do as such. Like the lasagna, a picture of the lasagna alone isn't really representing that artwork in any meaningful way, or, or that artwork at all, actually. Yeah, it's just on a cool table. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red sauce, yellow table. Oh, it's on a blue table? 
I think they put on two. I can't remember what's what. Okay. Image I looked at today was on a yellow table. Yeah. Because I did refresh myself. Yeah. Um, thanks to the archives of, of the City Coles Gallery. Um, what are your conversations with gallerists like? I can imagine your conversation with curators. Um, but like when you when you're working on a show, like how do like what kind of language is it? Just sitting around a table and talking about it. Like how do they how do they how do they wrap their head around your ideas and how do you wrap your head around how to present those ideas in a way that's at least legible? Or do you just not care? Just like, I'm just <laughs> oh no this. no, uh, I, I I tend to try to be uh, as considerate and you know. Uh, grateful an artist as I can for a dealer. I understand there's a lot I that that I de- my work demands, and I treat you know I try to treat everyone really really well and take nothing for granted. But uh, long long emails historically, mm-hmm. extremely. I'm sure just any time they opened up those emails, I'm sure they were, like, <laughs> you know, they were probably psyched. They were not. Maybe they were. I de- look to each. I think you know. J- j- I, I like. Jeff Poe, who I was just texting with, like, you know, you know, he's always, it's just like, I think he's just, he enjoys, and each dealer is very different. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's just, each, each dealer is very different. Yeah, they're not a monolith at all. They're not, and, they, and they're all, you never really, it's like, it's funny, the one who sees the promise in one project, and then the other's like, oh, gosh, I really missed out on that, you know, like... <laughs> Maybe it, 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 it's, and it's never, and it's never like oh ha I told you so. It's like okay, well you know it's like I didn't do this so that this person could sell this. I did this because I wanted to make the work. You, you know? know, personally, I would read a book of those emails. Like I think that would be the best catalog resume of you like have you possible. Published a number of books, right? I think so. <laughs> Over the years, yeah, right? I and mean, yeah, I'm trying to get another one out there, but that's uh, that's painstaking. Because so. I mean, language for you is like very specific in how you describe something. Because that's like in the details is where this becomes oh. either like a meaningful project or like you know some schmada on a table, right? Like, right. So you need and, to be... Yeah, it's, it's schmada on a table. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, it's like yeah, and that, but I think in general that's that's who I am as an artist. In you know, as a fit, I'm either like meaningful or a schmata on the table. That's it. And like anyone, all the detractors, he's a schmata on the table. They're probably not saying it in Yiddish, but it's like, okay, fair. That's, that's but, no, fine. But, that's, but I think you you're know. quite rigorous in how you approach all oh, these absolutely. things. Oh, rigorous you know? schmata. Absolutely. And like yeah. the, within that rigor is <laughs> like where the camp. practice, where it was, it was within that rigor yeah. or in the direction of that rigor is where the practice lies because that's like that fine line right there between, you know, yeah. how am I classifying this and how am I speaking about it and presenting it yeah. is what can make these things either circulate in our world of ideas or just be, you know, schmata on a table. Yeah, and I, I like I really see myself as a contemporary artist. Like I'm here for a time. I'm not nece- I'm unlikely to age well. I just, I, it's really, I think I speak to the limitations my personal limitations, the limitations of our times, and just the need to get information out quickly rather than labor over a 500-page work or a, a feature film, which is where, where, where my original aspirations in my late teens. But it's just you can get things out there, and that's what's so key, and I've just rolled with it and hope for the but you best. Have... I don't think, I, yeah, again, I don't think it's going to age very well. Yeah. I mean, you've also... Um... I mean, you've also approached some major projects, right, that do take a lot of time and planning. Yeah, what do you think are the more ambitious sort of shows or products for, like, the Biennale, for instance? Yeah, I was thinking specifically the about Bien- the Biennale The Biennale project. and some of the video, the, the, this outer space video where, 
uh, and I work closely with a, just a tremendous editor, editor, animator. He also edits very proficiently. Master of several softwares, uh, Rodrigo Perez, uh, and yeah, he's a friend too. And so we b- worked on both of those projects. And so you, you want to describe for the people the Venice project? Because I'm going to bother. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. Because of, and that wasn't even finished. Because we, so we we had intended to, with Ralph Rugoff's blessing. Um, enthusiasm, uh, alacrity. That's another word I came across recently. What a great word. Yeah, alacrity. Um, you know, we, we got to work to come up with an app where you're led on this, you know, for lack of a better term, treasure hunt around the marvelous pedestrian labyrinth that is Venice or central Venice or, you know, or island, you know, uh, that central block of you know, no Judeca or nowhere, you know, no airport zone. Uh, and each, you know, when you got to this or that Campo, Piazza, what have you, you, the app tells you, you know, here you go, look for this thing. And then we made these AR characters, these animated characters. And they're, you know, thinking that, think of it as digital sculpture. So I was creating a sculpture park in this city of you know this extraordinary city which i thankfully got to live in for two months uh, laboring but you know gosh I, I really learned it by heart on foot and um yeah so we were we had about 20 22 23 something like that characters you're meant to go around and encounter these things and ar at that time i mean still is struggling to find its footing but it was new and exciting and i worked with extraordinary animation team problem was getting to agree with it, the app coding and all the geolocation and uh it never worked so w- there have been some the ar characters have manifested in, in a few ways over, it, subsequently but it, it was never meant it was meant to be this you know i again i went to film school and i think kind of like a director i think in worlds i think cinematically and each show, like not each show, most shows are like, okay, here's my space. How can I create a cogent presentation that doesn't compromise uh, my intentions as a sculptor and visually engages? And usually I don't know until the week of install if it's going to be successful. Was it really stressful when that project wasn't working? At the awful. Opening? Awful. I've never felt so, uh, yeah, very, you know, crestfallen. Felt awful. I, I spent a lot of money on it. Uh, one of my galleries put in a lot of money I felt guilty and also angry at the art world because, you know, these institutional experiences have more often than not been rather negative. It's just you're, you're brought as an artist, you're brought in to, you know, you, you, you're rewarded or awarded the uh, opportunity to perform on a stage. And uh, yeah, there are really no guarantees and, you know, very little uh, financial support increasingly so as I've heard you know as many most of your listeners probably know you know galleries are asked to foot a lot of museum show bills which mm-hmm. is that's kind of unfortunate that doesn't help the ecosystem I would think but hey what do I know well yeah I mean I'm not going to digress but real quick I mean it's highly inequitable because you end up with museum curators maybe without even knowing it selecting to work with artists that they know are represented by galleries that can afford to support right. the shows that's all Problem. clearly implicit and yeah. <laughs> Thank you. For- yeah, just just for the listeners, you didn't say that. I'm the one that's saying that. Thank Benjamin you for Godson. for your candor uh, and uh, exposition there. But um, yeah, it's just you know I've never felt so 
shitty. It was really rough. I saw you there, and we didn't yeah. really interact because you looked like really, I was really, yeah. I was really unhappy. I wanted to hug you. Like Thank I remember you. seeing you, but like it didn't was, even feel possible. Because yeah, I mean, you you take. I worked my tush off, and I really spent a lot of money. I shouldn't have this. You know, I'm not. I'm not the most financially responsible artist. Well, moving on from you know from that project we probably felt like a failure then and and maybe now yeah, although, although it, I, I still remember was... what it was supposed to be weirdly enough i thought a lot about your work that's weird i can't remember my own name most of the time um <laughs> so that was a project that wasn't maybe that's that's, that's nice of you to Didn't... think about it. i've got comic i've got the uh it was also supposed to be this comic book series and that's the only thing i made and i bought you each oh my the God. comic book Garrett. trilogy is finished talk awesome. about a waste of money this um, is so cool talk about financially the, responsible they, this is so they awesome. who publish this well, this is a win. This is a success. So, other th so that's a notable. Wow. Can you think of a project that you're really proud of how it turned out in retrospect? Yeah, yeah, a few. I mean, several really. I mean, most shows I look back on fondly. Um, I think the most resounding successes, even if you know, in insufficient ways or incomplete. Um, Rubington Arms, two thousand seven. Alex Zachary, two thousand ten. I remember that show. Krebs 2014 was pretty good. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Pretty good. I mean, again, like, it, everything's got a budget, too. Much like Blum and Poe 2013. It's like, you're capped at a budget, and that's, you know, well, that's it. You know, it's like, you can't, I can't be as thorough, as encyclopedic as would be ideal, as would really recommend the work in the way I hope it would. Uh, Rocks and Mirrors in 2015, and, and Turin, and Sadie Cole's 2016. A and then everything since, there's some good stuff. Franco Nuero, 2018. God, what a great group of galleries you work with. I, I mean, I'm, there's again... Some, yeah. There's some of the most diverse and chicest people I know in the They're world. Like, great people, again. Franco, like, yeah. like, talk about, like, one of the coolest guys in the world. Wonderful man. Yeah. yeah. Pier Paolo, his Yeah, Pier Paolo is, Paolo. like, the, the best dressed man in the art world. Oh, he really? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I, I am I'm not the best dressed man. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, when was the last time you had a show of your artwork in New York City? Well, that was a fun show, actually. I did a... a a show at, I did two shows in 2021. I did two shows in 2021. Uh, I had a show I really enjoyed with Crips, uh, their 55 Walker Street space, which with the old wood floors. Oh yeah. Which is like oh, you yeah. know that's got some charm. And like it's it's bowed. It's it look it's like that old that downtown. You know, real New like, York. Yeah, real New York, not that not that other stuff. Um, uh, Arnie Glimcher, eat your heart out, and <laughs> uh, no, that I'm very serious. Any case, uh, and then I did a show with Peter Harkowick at his space on Orders. I'd known Peter for years, and he moved to New York, and like I didn't know like real pain fine arts was his, and you know ran into each other. I forgot he was towering. He's like six seven, and, and that's Joel's old space, right? Yeah, Joel's old space. So yeah. I wanted to do the show. You know, I, I I had bought a bunch of stuff, and Krebs was like, "Yeah, well, you'll you'll sit on it for a while." And I'm like, "No, I have to do it now." And I do. I mean, when you have to do something now, you have to do something now. And I've created this framework for it. It was all paid on the same. Most of it was paid on this one Amex, which I had maxed out. And so the show was called the American Express Holiday Show. <laughs> and each work, it was it was all assemblage sculpture, and any component that was not paid for on that Amex had no value as so if it, like if, if there were 10 components that were all for we paid paid for on the amex it would be i think 700 per item times 10 so it'd be a seven thousand dollar sculpture but this will this be below my price point this is just this 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 uh what, what is it called that's a word for it 
uh, template? No, probably not. In any case, so it's like some sculptures only 800 bucks or like right. 1400 bucks or 700 or 1400 I was at the opening of the show. I wish yeah. that I had the price list. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they were they were very, very affordable. Delight of a show, 30, 30 to 40 works. I had The first time I'd had a studio in a decade, a whopping 250-square-foot studio. <laughs> well, I didn't know you ever had a You seem like... Such a post studio artist. He's yeah, I mean, I did phrase. when 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 Ara Diamond and I again, who who sadly passed last year, uh, were very close. We shared a studio. I barely used it uh, because no, I'm a get out of bed, stay in my underwear, work for five hours type person. Now that I've got the toddler who wakes me up at six, I get out of bed and me too. Don't work for days on end. Yeah, the mornings aren't found time. You're less like I'm awake, but I'm oh, not God. here. It's like creative. Don't know what that is anymore. <laughs> Uh, by the way, which is not why I'm selling my practice. But well, it's, the, you know, I mean, there, there's this. That. Well, there's the segue right there. Yeah. So, um, so there was. Uh, you're you're selling your art practice. What does that mean? In your times. Uh, yeah, that, that was nice. Brian Boucher did a great I, I, job. Really, really great job. Um, also, it, listeners, if you haven't read it, the profile in T Magazine, which was written by um, Nikhil Nikhil Saval, who is now a politician, a yes. very leftist politician, great guy, wonderful, wonderful profile. Oh, there. works in Philadelphia. Miller, shout out Miller. Yeah, um, uh, read that as well. But there's a great story in the Times where you discussed selling your practice. That's 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 true. So basically, this a year ago, year and change ago, fifty three, fifty four weeks ago. Who's counting? <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I had this idea. Like, I don't know. I mean, my stepmom is a dental hygienist. Like, I have no idea. Like, okay, well, somehow I knew, like, you know, the dentist I went to as a kid where she worked, you know, they sold their dental practice because, you know, they reached an age. Like, I knew the dentist I went to here in Manhattan sold his dental practice. I'm like, well, practice what if i sell my art practice i hate i don't like the word i don't like the term art practice feeling like i just think it's like what, what is that thing i get if i what is that thing art, what's your practice usually it's are you a painter no i would love to be a painter but i actually would prefer i not add my hand to the legions of of far more competent painters any case uh i digress of course any case uh yeah so why not sell your art practice so i just you know let it sit for a while and tweet it i have a very Small tweeter, tweet tweeter, Twitter following. Uh, small but influential. Yeah, I mean, follow you. I don't know if you know that. I know. Oh yeah, I retweeted. I retweeted a very good Ben Gosell post last <laughs> tweet. In any case, la, 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 la. Um, yeah, I decided to just live with it. And you know, I I, I think I Sadie was the first dealer I, I mentioned it to. He's like, this is great. Except everyone's like, this is great. Except Jeff Poe, love it, buddy. That's not a good idea. I can hear his voice. I can hear his voice. Up to Andrew, I'm like, you know, I know what he's gonna say, so I'm not gonna bring it up. <laughs> Ditto, Franco. Like, I was like, da, da, da. but it just gave me. Uh, it never aged. It, it it never depreciated in value. Like you know, uh, conceptual value. It was just so clear, so con- so concise. It just was. It's like, okay, well, if why I just need to do this for, for the sake of the idea. It's not like, wow, I, I hope to reap the rewards here. Of course, I cool, why not? That would be fun. And then live with the consequences, of course. But no, it's just like I had to get this done. And so, you know, I, I uh, made this website with great designer and great back-end guy. And I treat it as a journal. Like, so this is 20, it's, so it's a 20-year project. 
this book of mine that a lot of people think is the best thing I've done, which is fair. I really, I, I who am I to disagree? Uh, with uh, on the cover, it's uh, this, the words James Earl Scones, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of that book is a diary. It was like basically I was below the poverty line, living in Los Angeles as a twenty-something, working at the Mocha store. Mocha was actually a really good, good museum at that point, and Goldstein, Connie Butler was still there, Alma Ruiz. Schimmel was there, but Schimmel was already like Schimmel, mm-hmm. like quality, but like there's no, yeah. Any case, um, any case, yeah. What, then what I was, year is this? Tw- 2003, in Los Angeles, lived in Silver Lake, two bedroom house with my friend Adam Lissagor, um, and I just going around. I didn't have a car, rode the bus a lot of places. My friends drove me places. Just going around making art with my very limited means, and like this journal, like how I was scared of the police. And, you know, throwing food at things or putting books, taping books to car wheels. Really fucking unsuccessful products, a lot of them. Some of them are good. Uh, but I just want to revisit that where it's really about the process. It's, and it's not about the exhibition space. Or the exhibition space where I have to find a way to fill these 2,000, 3,000 square feet, which is really unnecessary. And if you pare back, it may look as if, oh, well, they've been brought down to like the, you know, like, they're in detention now the artists like they're not selling well we're moving them to the to the small area now because we have to give them a show because we have to give them a show you know like i think there there are those optics in especially in the environment of the past five ten years and these large spaces are tough but hold, hold, really let tough. me just back up a little bit yeah i just want to connect so oh yeah thanks so, i don't do that well i want to connect so have you have you kept this journal, this diary, from the beginning of your practice until now? Or? No, no, no. It was okay. for that that book. It was um, early two thousand three to late April two thousand four, and then I started this new journal November last year, and it's te- you know it's like wow you you want to read that. So is that is if if I if I'm buying the practice is that what I'm getting? The, no, what? no, you're getting you're getting the rights. I'm, I'm a transactional guy, so I, get, I just gotta so know. So if you buy the practice, getting? if you buy it, let me tell you what you get. It's great. It's great. Yeah. It's a great great purchase. <laughs> um, you get my name, uh, like only as a contemporary artist, right. uh, contemporary art hyphen is, which could but also bars like I could end up working for a gallery and keep my name. But I can't be Darren Bader, the contemporary artist anymore. Can't do a show as Darren Bader. I in cannot a do a show as an artist. I could probably not curate a show. Uh, you know anything that that. But again, it's it's circumscribed by this business we're in. Uh, I could get credit for writing a terrible pop song. Um, right. Have you, you have you, so you've worked with a lawyer on this kind of contract? Yes. This so it's it's yes. pretty Dave Steiner. Okay, um, and what do you? It's airtight. The like legally, and, and yeah. what do you, what, what kind of compensation you're hoping to get financially? Was Open, it cost? I mean, like, you know, I, I think it, it depends. Like, what I saw, that you know, the buyer has to be right too, but it's not necessarily the price. I think some a friend of mine asked me this. Are we talking seven figures or six? We figures? are talking seven figures, okay. but low sevens, uh, one four to one seven. Okay, <laughs> but then if someone's like, and I'm, uh, if the right person says like, like I'll give you four four three fifty four four fifty, right? Because I've got to pay taxes, I've got to keep the archive going, like, I've got to pay, you know, I mean, there's all the websites I have to maintain, there's, you know, you have to keep, you know, where am I storing the archive? It's like, it's, it's, you know, it's boring stuff, but it's real. So they're not responsible for any of that? 
they're not responsible for any. They basically, as soon as as soon as they sign and I and I countersign, co-sign, whatever we countersign, right? In any case, whenever that happens, that's the line. Yeah, that, 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 that's that's the line. Di- so they di- can di- they can make work happens. under that yeah. name from thenceforward, and any previously made work still belongs to you in documentation of it. Exactly, and, and, and of course, if they're like, well, would we like to have? We'd like to have, you know. A dozen words. Well, we can talk it's, about it's it. It's negotiable. It's negotiable. Right. It's just, right. you know, but there, you know. And you could continue to make things. You just can't use the name Darren Bader. But the name right. Bader Darren. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of weak. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. You can use Bader Darren if you'd like. That's strong. <laughs> that's strong when it comes from you. But not, for me, not so okay. strong. Okay. So I've got it. I've got, I've got something, guys. So it's complicated. Yeah. It's interesting. Bader Darren. Has, has, have artists ever done, it feels like something like uh, Manzoni or something like that. Has, 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 has there ever been this play with identity other than using kind of stand-ins for yourself that's certainly been sure, done in conceptual practice? Happened, but, but, has anyone ever sold their practice before? I, I don't know. I'm not, gr- like, you know, I, I, I'm not as much of a head as I should be when it comes to the, the you know, my predecessors. I'm I'm fairly well versed, but you know I'm not. I'm sure like a Mario Garcia Torres, for instance, like knows everything. I mean, this is it's kind of scary. This idea it's, it's horrifying. For, for, I mean, I would be scared if I were you, and even but as at the same time, it's yours. like. Eh. I, it, I mean, I I'm so disenchanted, and bemused. You know, it's like why you know like, like, I, and I mentioned this in the journal. I mentioned it on Twitter. Not that again, I have no following. This is just because it's it irks me, in such a sincere a genuine way like uh, you know like ropak rebooted their website and you got the the portrait of the artist like what what people are shopping for humans who happen to make art or are they shopping for the artworks right and i the, the, this goes this plays into not necessarily intentionally but this is all you know um part and parcel i hate using that it's the only thing i again i have two small children i don't speak well anymore but yeah, it's like, why is the art world about, is it, you know, I understand well, the, yeah. why a work that does well in the market or has great word of, or an artist has great word of mouth would resell, but why do you need a face attached to it? Mm-hmm. And th- that's also like, why do you need a name? I mean, I've, I've been going for this for, I've, I've tried to sell this to dealers for uh, 10, 15 years of using other people's names because I, th- I think it's, it's, it's extremely relevant. You want to see some art? See some art. It doesn't matter, you know. It can be anonymous. Certainly, a narrative and a biography help us understand a trajectory and a chronology. As you know, it, these are human constants. I'm not trying to say, well, we don't need names. Obviously, need names. We need faces. We shouldn't care about them. Right. I just don't know with in, in in with art. It's again like you know, if I didn't, the signature was in here on this painting, right? We're looking at a painting on a wall mm. right now. It's a Kai, Kai Christensen and Knowles. Yeah. A very nice work. You know, I wouldn't have known. I'd have to ask. And, but I was impressed by the visuals. I wasn't playing the going to someone's house and say, oh, is that a set? Which is a yeah. very right. fun game. Let's not that's That's a lot of fun. If, especially if you're like 80. You got, I got 80% of those works right. Amazing. That's really fun. Or a museum. Yeah. Here it's I, I I'm compelled like you're com- you, this wor- blue is wonderful. The work is speaking first this to you. This blue is fantastic. The- Why these choices? Why the, the, these these great? You know, the, the, I can't describe. You know, I, I can't. See, that's that's one way of looking at it. Yeah. This notion of wanting to the object or the experience right. or the art, quote unquote, right. itself to stand alone, almost in space. Although it's always going to be in relationship to 
all of your previous understanding as a human being that you take into like experiencing that artwork, right? Yeah. But so that's one side. And the other side is like a lot of your work is about not just removing the artist's hands, quote unquote, from the work, but questioning whether an artist's hand is even necessary in the realization of the work. Like, you know, beyond the the idea in a way. Right. I mean, I don't, and I, again, I don't think I'm like the first, I, I'm really like a, you know, I'm the Prince Harry of, or, you know, if Prince <laughs> Harry had two more Prince Harrys, like if there were three of them, I'd be like the third one. The, the second spare. Yeah, like be the second and a half spare. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just like filling in some, some like divots or, you know, pox, pox you know, like the, well, I like the filling in divots, cavities. that's good. Right. Yeah. In in the conceptual lineage, like when I went out, when I had enough money to do so, what I would, you know, when I, I mean, I think it was the right thing to do. Again, I was in London for Freeze 2014. I bought three works, shipped them down to Fioc, and had my gallery sell them as mine. They weren't my works, <laughs> and I did this a, a handful of times. You know, I not only did I run out of funds, but if I had continued to you know, do that, it would be like, eh, that, that, that's weak. You just don't keep doing that. Right. But I don't think anyone has ever done that. You, you may have traded, you know, like Warhol may have given, given Elaine Sturdivant, like uh, a screen for flowers. Amazing. I didn't know about that work. That's a great artwork. I mean, at least doing it once, especially from two fairs that are so yeah, the, the proximate year, geographically the and, and chronologically. The chronologically. Huh? Did. Yeah, they, they did. For they, more they, they or less than you. came up on auction, online auction recently and, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. It sold. It's yeah, it resold. I don't know to whom. <laughs> Certainly not for very much, but they're lost. It was a good piece. <laughs> That's great. That's absolutely great. Um, yeah. So, sorry, I'm just tripping out on that. Go yeah. on. Nate. I, I mean, when would you think this would happen? Like, like the. I mean, the, I, I'm only giving till the end of the summer. Really, maybe okay. even midsummer. I mean, this this project was really supposed to kind of you know, go public in January, but. Timing, it, everything's weird. I mean, I was, we, our, our second child, we, we welcomed him in March. Mm-hmm. Mazel. Thank you, thank you. Uh, it's just, who knows? I think I didn't realize at the time when I heard from Brian Boucher, but just having that document out there in some ways suffices. Absolutely, I want this transfer of practice. I'd certainly welcome an influx of capital no problem not gonna say no but the thing is i just want you know it All offering is as important as a consummating exactly. right. so just like a coa it's like you don't like i don't write the coas generally until the show is up i don't know what the works are until i install them so you don't i have to live with this work i gotta live with this journal edit it regret having written this five days later um wonder why no one reads it be happy that no one reads it, etc. It's just a process. It's like being, I don't have a studio, so here's my studio for you. And that's that. So the almost the way that the work germinating and you experiencing that act of germination in is in and of itself the work in a way. I guess so. Yeah, the yeah. Act, yeah. experience the act of germination. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or what do you call it? No, I like it. I just yeah. like it's, it feels like, you know, like there's veg, veg, you know, a lot you know of, it uh, is. It's growing out of But I like, that, I like the notion that, like, whether or not there's a consummation, like, it's still a work. It is, yeah. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's meant to simply, much like the sale of Instagram, who the fuck cares? Again, I, mean, I do, again, these, you have an idea, it, it, you know, you posit it, it you present it. it, it there are different levels or, uh, you know, ways of manifesting it and I'm back to the point which I was trying to get to before which is sometimes the idea is enough 
But then when you try to put it into words, that's when things start falling apart. Just as if you try to put it into, give it a material reality, as words are material, sure, but I mean like, you know, anatomically material reality. Uh, yeah, it's always fraught and ideas are fun. Yeah, I've got that, ideas I've got are that, fun. I've got that cool. T- ideas are fun. We have an episode. We have an episode title right there. <laughs> ideas are fun. Um, I noticed. Oh, I noticed as we're talking here and thinking about your work. Yeah. Like, and maybe it's just because we're human beings and we need fuel to continue each day. But food kind of is a recurrent uh, source, uh, a material for you, and, and yeah. a genesis of ideas. Is yeah. food important to you? Do you cook? No, I don't. I don't. Have, I don't enjoy it. Um, food was. Like back in that early book, that James Earl Scones uh, volume, which has another title, it's just insanely long. And James Earl Scones is, is just, it's, really it's fun. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, I, and ideas and are fun. That's right. <laughs> you, do, you, do, you do understand the I'm, work. I'm That's pe- fantastic. <laughs> you see, I'm, I'm <laughs> one of the deepest scholars <laughs> of the Darren Bader over. <laughs> well, I mean, anyone's a deeper scholar than, than I am. In any case... Where were we? Uh, yeah, the blah, 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 blah. You don't, you don't enjoy cooking. You don't, you don't enjoy cooking. Do you no, 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 no. But back during the James Earl Scones period, like, yeah, again, I have no money. Fruit is natural sculpture, right? And that fruits and vegetables piece that was originally a PS1 2012, and then the Whitney, uh, you know, they purchased one of the editions, and they decided to show it as a, a, one, a one-off, you know, uh, right before the pandemic. I was flattered. You know, he's like, wow, what a great work. You're like, I'm, you don't remember that was shown in this city. You probably saw this show, you know, eight years ago. But... Again, like they, they are, everything's sculpture, you know, and I, I mean, that's a cheap, you know, it's like, that's glib, eh, but that's my MO. I don't, I, I carefully think about what should be a sculpture in a given show, knowing full well that it has, it's unlikely to persist as sculpture if I don't qualify it, clarify it, uh, buttress it, uh, attend it with, Verbal language, you know, verbal language. Yes, verbal language, because there's also visual language. And then the COA kind of, you know, seals the deal, however flawed the language may prove to be. All right. I think that's a perfect place to leave it. Did I? Did I, I, so. I it would be impossible to cover it all, but I think that's, that's a great, great introduction. I mean, that's great. All right. Thank that's you great. so much. I, 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 I'm covered in, in ideas are fun tattoos. So. <laughs> it's all good. Get one. All right. Knuckle tats. Nice. Uh, Darren, thank you so much for coming. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks it's for, fun thanks to for be out of the this. house. Okay. All right. Note to Bennett. Out. out.